All right, everybody, welcome again, and hopefully this time it will work. We are here for happy hour um, with Ginger Schmidt of Kiss My Gas Industries, and hopefully now it's letting me push the Yay for technical difficulties. Everybody, thank you guys so much for coming back in and joining, and Ginger should be here. Yay! <laughs> I don't know what was going on, but hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Are you at work? I am. I'm in my office at my shop. Nice. <laughs> I brought wine, but um, I forgot a glass, so. That's, hey, that works. We do what we got to do. I've done that many, many a time before. Well, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Thank you uh, for putting up with the craziness. And I apologize to everybody out there listening to me ramble mindlessly while waiting to figure out our technical difficulties, but here we go. <laughs> now we can dive in. So as I said earlier, and some of you may or may not have heard, um, Ginger is a welder. She is a custom painter. She does body work um, and she's a business owner. And I think that's kind of the the thing that we want to talk a bit about. Um, mostly she owns a shop called Kiss My Gas and specializes in restoring vintage motorcycles. So um, I'm really excited to have you on here. Ginger and I have not actually met in real life yet. Um, we know several people in common, um, but I'm, I'm really jazzed to have you here and I'm excited to meet you in real life. We've got a cool little project coming up that we can't tell you about just quite yet, but soon you'll have to stay tuned. But first, um, Ginger, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining. So tell everybody, I want to go back in time a little bit and tell, tell us all, like, how did you get your start in this industry and in doing vintage motorcycles? Well, um, I actually started out doing like construction and welding, okay. um, structural welding. Um, I did take an auto body class at some point. Um, and they offered me a paid apprenticeship, but then I was offered a welding job at the same time and I took that instead and yeah, whatever, welding on construction sites and, you know, I just, it's hot and, you know, <laughs> all men and whatever, just, <laughs> um, I just randomly decided that I wanted to have my own little shop doing what I wanted. Okay. And, do like custom paintwork on motorcycles. So I got a job. So from in, structural welding and commercial industrial stuff to I'm going to do custom motorcycles. Just yeah, right. just I don't know. Just randomly decided that's okay. what I wanted. <laughs> Had uh, you done paintwork before? Was that a new thing? Auto body course. I did play around a little bit with some graphics. Um, not much, but a little bit and yeah uh wow <laughs> that's ballsy to like just quit and so do you just did you start kiss my gas back then or was that no i got actually i got a job at a body shop just so okay. i could get experience and get my foot in the door and i worked at i worked at two different body shops first as a prepper and then as a painter okay and, and i i painted a few tanks for my cousin who restores old vintage like honda motorcycles okay he lives in montana but he would send them to me and i'd paint those and kind of use those as advertisement for side work yeah and motorcycles on the side and then eventually got sick of my boss and 
quit and <laughs> started my own Kiss My Gas. <laughs> How long ago was that that you started Kiss My Gas? I had my three-year anniversary in May. May. Nice. Congratulations. Cheers. That is that is no small feat. <laughs> and I scoped you out. I, I checked you out on um, on Yelp. You have nothing but five-star, amazing, raving reviews about your work and about you as a, as a business owner. Um, that's a lot. Like, you took on a ton. So you, you switched industries mm -hmm. and kind of in very short order started your own business and learned how to be a business owner all kind of all at the same time. What, um, what would you say of all of that has been the biggest challenge? The whole, everything about it. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Insane, crazy. Like, I'm, you know, what you said about the customers, my five-star reviews, I've been mostly lucky, like just amazing customers. Um, there have been, you know, a couple of issues, issue customers, but like, whatever, I've been super lucky. Um, uh, dealing, finding shop space in the Bay Area is like horrid. It's, oh God, yeah. You know, in California, all the EPA laws and um, it's super, super expensive as yes. well. Um, so I've had like, I think that's been the uh, hardest thing. Um, I've had like some horrible, horrible um, landlords or shopmates, and um, you know, I had one try to steal all my equipment and my paint belts, and like it, that's just been a nightmare. And like, I keep having to move to different shops. Oh and, wow! You know, expensive and time-consuming to set up a new shop, and that's what I'm kind of dealing with right now. Um, yeah, but. Uh, but I feel like this shop, I feel super good about, and I'll probably be here for a long time, so. Nice, hopefully. <laughs> is, is it all yours? Do you have the space to yourself? No, I actually share space with another woman who does custom paint. Oh, nice. So her Very name cool. is Danine, okay. um, and I guess her shop is custom paint by Danine, and she does airbrushing and stuff, so. Oh, very cool. Do you guys collab on stuff at all? Or is it just two separate businesses and you just kind of share the space? We haven't collabed yet. We are actually about to. Um, our neighbors have helped us out a lot in uh, kind of setting up our shop, you know, letting us use their forklift or oh, nice. or moving stuff around for us. And we are going to make them a, a sign for their company. Nice. To get home. But other than that, we haven't collabed yet. Very cool. Very cool. Well, congratulations on the new space and, and new um, potential collaborations and future endeavors. That's really cool. But yeah, moving is, God, I moved my shop four times, I think. And it is like the worst thing on earth. It is absolutely like, everybody's like, congratulations on the new space. And you're like, thanks. I want to shoot myself now. <laughs> it's awful. Moving, you think moving a house is bad. Moving a shop is just absolutely atrocious. <laughs> but, um, hopefully you'll be there for a while. I am pretty um, stoked on myself for um, having the idea to put my sandblaster on wheels though. <laughs> as soon as I got it, I made a cart for it and put it on there. So like moving it. <laughs> Filled with sand, uh, that would have been a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I am I'm convinced that really everything in the shop should be on wheels. Because yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm indecisive. So I'm constantly reorganizing. I'm like, oh, actually, the sandblaster should be over there. And that should be here. And so everything should just be on wheels. So that's... I wanted to put my new compressor on wheels, but it 
be bolted to the floor. So <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> Very cool. So three years in business, huh? Um, I'm curious, are the, do you have people work for you or you, is it just you? Um, you know what? I've had part-timers, um, over the years, but I just hired my first full-timer and I'll probably have a second full-timer nice. um, starting, you know, hopefully in a couple of weeks. So he works for me part-time already, but that is super exciting. I, I don't know about you, but I found um, that that running a shop and having employees, like finding employees was like the number one most challenging thing that I dealt with. Like all yeah. of the other struggles, all of the craziness, because there's tons of them as a business owner, but finding good employees, is it the same on the motorcycle side and paint? It is. Um, I need people who are experienced in body shop. Um, work or, or whatever, um, depending on what I'm having them do. Um, but I just like, I can't hire like a whole body shop crew full of people I need, like, you know, and especially different projects going on. Like one day I need someone who can prep and the next day I need someone who's good at polishing and then I need right. a body for, you know, a couple days. And so it's just like, kind of need to find like one person who can do everything but it, those are like, those people own their own shops. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. And that, that kind of leads into, I know you've got a little project that you're working on um, that might help resolve some of those issues for other folks out there. Why don't you tell us about your new project? And that's exactly the, um, the reason that I started this project, um, which actually, I thought it was just going to be like a, a simple little project, but it's turned into like this huge, huge thing. Um, but um, I am starting a an app-based um, temp agency for blue-collar workers. So pretty much um, like when I'm, you know, I need a polisher to come in, just go on my app, look, see who's uh, looking to pick up extra hours. Um, or pick up extra shifts somewhere and can hire them just to come in for like a couple days. I and think that is so amazing. Are you doing it like, uh, like where they just are finding each other that way or are you actually involved as like a temp, like an actual temp agency? Um, so they can, um, both companies and employees can go on the app and set up their profile and then they can just put in like keywords for, the different skills that they have. So like for me, I would go in and I could put a welder, um, painter, you know, auto body or whatever, all the different skills that I have, just add mm -hmm. those. And then I'll pop up in the search for, you know, the company puts in what they're looking for. Um, that is amazing. Yeah. Are you doing it across um, industries or are you just doing um, auto body and, and motorcycle and like body and paint and that kind of stuff? Um, no, it's going to be all, all blue collar, um, industry. So, um, or skilled laborers, um, carpentry, welding, auto body, electricians. So God, I would kill for something like that back when I was running my full-time shop. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Cause sometimes you're just really, really busy for like a week and you need an extra set of hands and you don't 
need to necessarily hire somebody new because you know a week from now it's going to slow down again or you're not going to have that big project. Uh, somebody just asked, um, how would something like that work with insurance, et cetera? Would they have to have there be an independent business? How does that work? It will all be covered with insurance with workers comp. So oh, through the app. Yep. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's amazing. So this really is a huge undertaking that you've done. This isn't just like a classified that you, like a, you know, an app classifieds. you've really taken on kind of the whole, the whole thing. Um, it's uh, a corporation <laughs> and a very expensive app. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it's, I guess go big or go home. <laughs> right. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously impressed because three years, I, for anybody who isn't a business owner, being only three years into a business is no small feat. Like you're still constantly learning and pushing and growing and figuring it out. Like my first three years of being in business, I had no idea what I was doing. I was still figuring it out as I went along. So to take on like adding a whole nother business onto <laughs> that and in a whole arena, right. Of stuff that you don't necessarily, like you're not an, an, a, an app builder, I assume. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. And um, I, I'm um, dealing with the people who are building the app, which is a whole other thing. It's like, I gave them a design and I said, this is how I want it. And they gave me something else. And I was like, no, I want my design. <laughs> so <laughs> but just running a corporation too, like that is scary, scary. <laughs> There's a lot involved in that. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, I've, for anybody who's been watching these, and I don't know, Junior, you've caught some of the past ones, but like, it seems like a theme every single woman who's been on this has, has said, like, that they just dive into stuff in some form or another. Like, I, somebody offered me this job, and I didn't know how to do it, but I decided to just do it. So you've got the same thing. You're like, I've got this idea. I'm just going to go after it and do it. What... What do you think it is about you or in you that like gives you the ability to do that? Like to say, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, I think part of it is for a long time, I always wanted to do stuff and it seemed like people would always like put it down and like, so I just wouldn't do it. Like I wanted to be, um, my mom and my, and her husband are carpenters and I, I didn't want to be a carpenter when I grew up. I wanted to be um, an architect. I wanted to be above them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Better than them. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, when I was right around 21, um, I was going to go to school for architecture. I found out that the local college that I went to offered, had a program, and um, my boyfriend at the time was like, no, you don't want to do that because this and that, and it's really competitive and all that. And so like, I didn't do it, you know, and that seemed to be like the story of like my life, like everything I wanted to do, somebody would put it down. And I'd be like, okay. And I just, I wouldn't do it. And then I just kind of got fed up. Like, no, I want to do it. I'm going to do it <laughs> kind of thing. So do you but, remember the breaking point? Like, do you remember that point where you were like, no, I'm not letting other people tell me what I can and cannot do. Yeah, that was when I started school for carpentry, <laughs> when I was like 28, maybe. <laughs> so was it something that like, was it a particular thing that something that happened that made you say enough's enough, I'm going my own way? 
Well, I worked um, I, just jobs I didn't like. I was bartending. I'm not a customer service type of person. I don't like people that much. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> present company excluded, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty good with this dealing with people, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So, um, and then I worked in an office for a month, and that was like horrible. <laughs> Like randomly, it's like that same school that, that I was going to before they had a carpentry program. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And I, and my ex-boyfriend, the one who, you know, put down the uh, architecture, um, he's my son's dad, but um, he, um, he said, no, like, don't do it. And my aunt was like, no, don't do it. And I'm like, screw you guys. I'm going to do it. <laughs> my grandma. It's like she can do whatever she wants. Like, don't listen to them, Jim. Your grandma? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. There's something about the wisdom of of the older generation. I, I experienced kind of a similar thing in my life that the 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 grandparents were the ones who were like, Yeah, whatever, as long as you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> so much less judgment. I think they just have more perspective. <laughs> Interesting. So how did how did your parents feel about going the fact that you wound up going into carpentry initially and went into that carpentry class was it were they like <laughs> were oh they yeah cool about it yeah of course um like my mom she she used to put me to work all the time when i was a kid and i hated it i mean i liked it sometimes for like 20 minutes and then i was over it right um but um yeah no she was super stoked but like even the motorcycles like they used to drive me around to car shows all the time when I was a kid too. So like they're super into, into cars and custom paint and all that. So yeah. they're, yeah, they're really happy. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Very cool. Do you, what do you think? Do you think that the, the people saying that you can't do it or shouldn't do it or um, was it, was it gender-based or was it just, or was it like, like classism, I guess, against blue collar stuff? What do you think it was or just, naysayers because they were negative Nellies. I think just negative. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Just, just like, I don't know, they wanted me to go be a teacher or, you know, like something stable, kind of, you know, like, um, like with carpentry, they're like, oh, you know, it's not a stable job. And, you know, there's ups and downs in the carpentry industry and, you know, might be busy sometimes and then you're going to be out of work or. Gotcha. Just, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I feel like that's so the opposite of what's true. Right. Like, I feel like it, the only jobs that are consistently necessary. And if anything, like this pandemic has kind of, you know, really highlighted is that like the essential workers are people who build and make things, right? Like we are not out of work. We could always find work. There's always a need for us. I mean, your app and what we're talking about with like the biggest struggles being finding people, like, mm -hmm. there's always a job for you. <laughs> there's always work for people who work with their hands. And yet there's this misconception, right? That like, that if you go into this work, it's not consistent. You're not going to be able to make, be able to make a good living for yourself. And it's, I feel like it's totally the opposite. Like, I don't know where that got switched in the world's perception of things. I feel like the trades are the most consistent and most reliable way of 
making a good life for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Interesting. So let's, let's switch gears. Let's talk about your, your motorcycle business and what you've got going on there. Like what kind of builds do you do? What do you find? Like, what do you like the most of, of what you do? Um, well, that's a tough question. <laughs> I, I do like so much different stuff that it's like, you know, like so many different types of bikes. Like, um, I kind of, I just, I guess I just love like the end result of my paint jobs the most, <laughs> most of the time. But the finished product. Most of the time? Why, why is that? Oh, there's been like, maybe one or two custom jobs I've done where it's like, I wish I did that differently or whatever. But, um, um, I just, I don't know. Um, it is kind of like when I'm working on a project, um, especially custom projects, it's like, everything's going wrong. And like, I hate this, this is horrible. And then it's finished and it's like, Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that nice thing came out of like all this mess. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That is 100% the truth. I, I always say that being a mechanic and I guess it's the same, right. Is, is one of the few jobs where all throughout the entire job, I'm beating my head against the wall, cursing myself, wondering why I picked this career. Like I volunteered to do this. I chose this and I'm beating myself up. And then as soon as it's done, I'm like, yes, I am the master <laughs> of the universe. Look what I made. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like the best worst thing ever. Yeah. Because you do, I mean, you do all the aspects. You do the fabrication and the welding. You do the design. You do the body work. You do the finishing work, the prep work, the paint work, the, 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 whole, the whole piece of it. Is it, yeah. is it the whole thing of it that you like, the creating something from the beginning to the end, or is there like an aspect that you yeah. enjoy more? Honestly... I really, really enjoyed all of it before, like every bit of it. I loved doing body work and fixing things and welding things and running a business and having a hard time finding workers. I've just, I feel like I've gotten burnt out and like, I don't enjoy any of it anymore. Mm. Um, but um, hopefully, the way I said, I can relate to that. I know how that goes. <laughs> I like, I found myself getting to the point where it's like, I just hate this, but like, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Right. Or I don't know. And I think like maybe one of the reasons why I wanted to start this other business is so I could, um, relax a little bit, I, you know, it kind of, let me going. add more to my plate so I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> like start this app and it was supposed to be a simple thing that kind of ran itself, right. but big money. And then, so like, I wouldn't have to work so hard doing this, <laughs> pick and choose which jobs I wanted to take and, and like not be rushing to get all this stuff done so I could pay my like outrageous rent, uh, costs and bills and stuff like that. So, um, but then I ended up doing like this big corporation thing that's, um, <laughs> kind of, you know, <laughs> not what I have, but, um, but yeah, like once I get this going and it's, it's, um, I can hire people to run that because I feel like it's a lot easier probably to find workers to run a corporation than it is to 
help you with your artwork. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, and uh, like I said, I just hired a full-time worker and we'll have another one coming in too. So hopefully that'll like ease, yeah. ease up on me a little bit, so. Yeah, God, there's, there's a couple of things that I wanna say. There's an interesting comment. Somebody, um, somebody just posted um, Bradley Trucker Music. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, said that the trick is to find somebody who doesn't like the bills, but likes the business. And instead of hiring somebody who um, who would help out in the shop, and I think that's an interesting that's an interesting point, right? Because I I kind of I can relate to you. Um, I remember at a certain point or several points during um, during my repair shop that I owned, where I fell out of love with the business, right? Like I just I didn't I didn't love it anymore and I didn't want to do it anymore. But it was the business side of it that was bogging me down. The paperwork and the dealing with the accountant and dealing with all of that crap that just isn't me, right? I wanted to be out with the customers and I wanted to be out working on the cars. Um and so I think that's kind of an interesting point is like find the the part of it that you hate the most. Like the part of it that drags you down the most and find somebody to do that part um, so that you can be free to fall back in love with the parts that you do love. Mm -hmm. um, but I would, I would ask you too, um, what, um, when you're feeling that way, what, um, what helps you get up in the morning? Like what is it that keeps you going even when you're feeling not in love with your business? I have rent to pay. So purely self-preservation. <laughs> That's fair. Bob, I can't pay my rent. <laughs> that is fair. I appreciate the honesty. And sometimes it comes down to that, right? Like, I think that's absolutely the case. Finish the job and it's amazing and the customer's super stoked. Then, you know, that, that helps a lot too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you, I mean, hang with it. Like, I get it. I did. I was in business for 13 years um, and I have, have another shop now and I'm doing, going through the whole same process all over again. Right. Um, but it is, it's like this roller coaster where there's, I love my business. I love everything I do. I love, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And then there's days where it is, it takes everything in you to put one foot in front of the other. So yeah. I totally, I totally get it. Um, but you are doing incredible work and you're doing an incredible job. So keep, keep after it, keep after it. Um, given all of that, like, would you, would you do it again? Like, would you start your own business again if you had the choice? Oh, absolutely. I hate working for other people. I do. <laughs> Even worse than dealing with all of the craziness of being a business owner. Yes, I, I, I couldn't go work for somebody again, I don't think. <laughs> All right. I guess I was just like, I always feel like, um, so like when I worked at body shops, it was the most horrible experience ever, like horrible. My coworkers were horrible. They would like sabotage my jobs on purpose. Like, oh, wow. It was awful. Like I did have a few good coworkers, you know, over the years, but most of them were just just nasty and um and I felt like it was a I always like try and see the good and bad like you know it needs to be this way because otherwise I'm going to get too comfortable and I'm not going to finish what I set out to do okay. which is a own shop so 
I was just kind of like, that was my pep talk. Like things need to be awful so that I push myself to, for better things. Oh, that's awesome. I like that. Yeah. I always like, even, you know, stuff here, things going wrong in the shop. It's like, things are going wrong because I need to push myself to start this other business and, <laughs> you know, um, that I want to do and, and like not fall back on that. Just, I always, always try and look at it that way. It makes life easier. <laughs> I like that. That's like a, it's a, a sh just shifting your perception of things like, okay, there's a reason for this and there's a purpose and, and whether or not you believe in, you know, it being an intentional reason by any in, in, you know, force out there, but that still it serves a purpose and you can look at it as, all right, this is what is going to kick my butt into or kick my gas, um, <laughs> no pun intended, but um, into, into gear to get it done, to make it happen, to strive for more. I like that. Yeah. The little games we play with ourselves to motivate. Yes. <laughs> um, if you were starting over again with kiss my gas, would you do it differently? Um, I don't, um, I don't think so. Uh, I kind of like, maybe I would have built up my credit first before. Um, cause like I, I had really no credit. I didn't have any credit cards, like oh, wow. nothing at the time. So You're a unicorn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, like I just, whatever like i would have built up my credit first probably so that i could have gotten a business loan because like i kind of like it started it with nothing like i kind of um collected tools over the couple years or yeah i think two years that i worked at body shops two and a half years collected tools along the way and um that's all i had when i started was just like super limited <laughs> um stuff and uh no money saved up really so um, $200 in my bank account when I started my business. I'm with you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky that, um, actually my son's dad, the one who like discouraged me being an architect and discouraged me, um, doing carpentry. He paid my rent for a year while oh, I started. Wow. So that was super awesome. Of That's him. a huge gift. That's awesome. Well, at least he came around and supported you when it mattered. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Um, does Ginger hope KMG will be a family business? Ah, that's a good question. You know, my son is, I've had him come help at the shop a few times, and I don't think it's really his thing. <laughs> Maybe someday it will be. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, like the digital age, he's, he does computer coding and he wants Ooh. to make and stuff like that, which is cool. He's uh, taking an engineer engineering program at nice. high school. So um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Your son is in high school. Yes. <laughs> you don't look like nearly old enough to have a son in high school. That is insane. You look barely out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's an interesting question. Right? I, and I, I hear it both ways, right? I think, and I don't know so much about this, this generation now, like our age group, but I know like our, my parents' generation that like 
folks who were mechanics or construction workers or welders, like they didn't want their kids doing it, like did not want their kids in the industry. Um, and now I hear it kind of the opposite. I hear that they're like, I would love for my kid to get into this. So I feel like the tide has shifted a little bit and how that perception has, has changed. Um, I don't know that I would want him to be a body shop owner or whatever, but, um, or, I mean, I don't know. I guess based off of my experience doing this, it's like, it's too expensive to live, to um, be able to, you know, uh, to have a good life here in California doing what it, custom paint, you know, it's, um, so like, I don't know if I really want him to go that route, but it would be nice if he did it as a hobby, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's what you get for living in the Bay Area. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Arizona's way cheaper. You should just come out here. <laughs> but you got to deal with like the death heat. So it's, you know. <laughs> uh, I grew up in the desert, actually, in Southern California. So. Oh, did you? Okay. Well, but, what, what wound up? bringing you up to the Bay Area? Um, I don't know. I had friends who moved to San Francisco. Um, I actually moved up to Humboldt with my boyfriend at the time and uh, stayed there for a year and we split up and I came and stayed with my friends in San Francisco and they all moved back down to Southern California and I was like, eh, I'm going to move to Oakland. Like, they were like friends with my ex and it was like he would always show up and it's just drama and I just needed to get away. So just moved to Oakland. I liked it. It's a cute little town, I guess. <laughs> I have a ton of friends actually in Oakland. So I'm going to have to come and, and visit you next time. We're allowed to roam about the country again. <laughs> Definitely have to check it out. But yeah, it is expensive there. And I, I hear, because I hear a lot of times people who are, who are going into body work, going into paint work, like they want to do the custom side of things. Like, and that, that is the challenge that I hear often, that there's no money in the custom side, that people feel like they wind up going into doing kind of more production, general collision stuff to pay the bills, and then doing the custom stuff as a, as a work of passion. Have, do you feel like you've defied the odds there with that? Are you able to support yourself, or do you feel like you need to do other stuff to supplement? Um, you know, I it's kind of an up and down. Um, and you know, like I am still fairly new. So, um, like it has been a struggle, but it is getting better. Like I'm, um, um, I'm busier right now than I've ever been. Like it's crazy busy. So that's good because now like it's worth hiring, you know, full timers and, um, but I guess, yeah, as my name gets out there more, the, I think the issue with the custom work is it takes so long to finish a project, especially if you're super picky like me, like I can't just like bust out jobs like left and right. It's like I put a, an insane amount of time, like I'll spend three hours masking flames or taping off flames because I, they have to be perfect. Right. Like I'll tape them and untape them and like, no, and I'll move this and I'll move that. And like, I think that's um, just like hour for hour or whatever, um, um, the amount of time you put into it and like the amount you can charge, like it, um, production work definitely was like, you know, you're, you can just pump stuff out and right. 
And so I think that's the, maybe the reason why there's no money and custom work is just the amount of time you put into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And I think there's a total misconception. Like I'm sure you get this all the time where people think like, Oh, I want this custom bike job. And so that's only going to cost, you know, what, a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand bucks, right? They think it's going to be a totally different ball game than what it really is to restore a vehicle, whether you're talking motorcycle or car, restoring something from, from the ground up is a huge deal. And there's way more involved than I think most people realize. Yeah. You know, even with, with bikes, um, people still like they, you know, call me and, and I used to take these jobs just because I was just starting out and like needed the work, but you know, it's like, want a custom paint paint job on my bike and I only want to pay $500 and it's like sorry <laughs> you know like and I'll I'll tell them like give them a breakdown of how many hours I'm putting into each thing even just polishing a job it takes me all day so you know it's um once I give them a breakdown like they're like okay sorry <laughs> but, yeah yeah, and, and you're not for everybody, right? Like, so if, if they want a cheap job, then that's cool. They can go somewhere else, right? I, um, Molly, I believe, from Driven Restorations just, just said, charge what you are worth, custom pays if you're confident in your work and you're willing to charge for your work. I, I think that's the hard, that's the hard thing because sometimes we put all of those hours in and we think, oh, I can't charge for this because this is just my obsessiveness. Mm -hmm. No, that's the end. That creates the end result that they want. And so you can charge for that. Yeah, no, I've gotten a lot better um, at charging and uh, what it, what the job is actually worth. So yeah. um, there's, you know, always like when you're trying to do a favor for someone, like say, you know, you have an existing customer and he's like, come on, just do like a, paint my station wagon for like super cheap. Just, just, for, <laughs> I don't even care. And like, like, okay. And you do it and then not happy. And it's like, you know what? Like I bought cheap materials cause you didn't pay me for the good materials and you didn't pay me like to polish it afterwards. So. Right. And it all, it all comes back to bite you in the ass in the end. Okay. Yeah. Like I, you know, try and just remind myself when people ask me for favors like that, just say no, like <laughs> that's my name on that. And I don't want my name on that. So. Yeah. I think that's a really important for a lot of folks to hear, you know, I hear people talk all the time about wanting to start their own shops and go out and do their own thing. And, and then when I talk to people who had their business for three, four, five, ten 10 years, you know, it's this, it, I feel like it's the same lessons learned after the fact. And one of, one of them being like, don't get into situations where you're bartering, don't discount for friends and family, don't get into those kinds of compromising and, and learning how to charge what you're worth is such a hard, hard thing for a lot of people. What I see on the mechanical side, at least people will like they, they leave the dealership or they leave a shop and they wind up charging 20, 30, $40 an hour for labor rate. And I'm like, don't do that. You are selling yourself short so much, but it's hard for people I think to come around to, you know what, my time is worth it. My knowledge is worth it. My skill is worth it. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you do get over that, that's when things finally start opening up, right? But it's yeah. a struggle. I think that's a, a really important point. Yeah, and it was a struggle just to figure out like what I should be charging people at the beginning. You know, it's like, I had no idea <laughs> yeah. at all. Maybe and I customs should... a whole different world. 
yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, charge whatever a thousand bucks for this job when it should have, you know, then I put the amount of time it takes me to finish it, even though it's like, it seems like a fairly simple job to do within the amount of hours I put into it. It's like, I should have charged 5,000 for that. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's, uh, but I guess it, it's all a learning experience. So 100%. Yep. And as, as long as we learn from it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and I'm totally open to answer. Um, if anybody wa ever wants to message me and ask me questions, um, oh. be open to answer any of those questions just to help out. Um, yeah, folks, take her up on that offer. Like, I think it's so important more than anything, like to have other people to talk to who have done it, who have been in business, who have taken that leap of faith and and struggled through learning learning all of the things. And so just to be able to talk to other people, even if you've been in business for years, to yeah. have a network of people around you that you know, like, okay, I can I can call Ginger and ask her about X, Y, and Z, or I can call this person and ask them about whatever. And um, so yeah, definitely. If you guys aren't following her already, make sure you do. Follow her page, reach out to her, connect with her, and check out her amazing work because she built some pretty badass bikes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what um, what's what's the creative process like for you when you're doing a custom a custom job? Because there's, I, I got to imagine that's got to be you're not just doing custom in terms of of a, a new color that didn't come on the bike. You're doing custom paint schemes, like fancy intricate stuff. You've got your vision as an artist. The customer obviously has their own thing in their head. How do you go through that process to kind of come to a design with them? Um, pretty much, um, I, I guess I just tell them to to look online and send me their inspiration and tell me, you know, like they usually just send me like a bunch of different pictures of different paint jobs and tell me what they like about this one, what they don't like about this one. And, um, or they'll just like email me and say, I want this and this and this. And like, I'll have to be like, well, this isn't going to work because of this. And, um, I don't know, it's kind of just a lot of back and forth. And, um, it's, uh, for me it's it's a lot easier when they have like an idea in their head of what they want um when someone says like i don't know what i want just do whatever you want it's like <laughs> no <laughs> like my mind just my brain just shuts down instantly like i have no no idea um yeah. like what what color do you like you know like <laughs> like give me some colors <laughs> give me a direction anything please <laughs> So, um, but most of the time people kind of have a vision in, in their head of mostly what they want. And so it's just about me trying to make their vision a reality. And um, I usually um, change things up a little bit um, just because, you know, things just don't always work um, how or whatever. I make suggestions like I think it'll look better if, you know, you do this instead of that. And um, yeah. Um, but yeah, usually they, they have like a clear idea of what they want. Cool. What, um, what's been the, the project that you've been most excited about or that you were happiest with how it turned out? The project that's already finished? Yeah. Um, oh, or one that you've got in the works right now? That's a 
a tough one. Like, I don't know if I have any favorites. Like I, <laughs> I like a lot, um, a lot of the projects I've done. I did like a, like a, cause I don't normally do like full builds. Like I don't, um, do a whole lot of welding on people's bikes or whatever, but I did a, a cafe racer where I completely transformed it, like cut stuff off, welded other stuff on. And, um, that was like, that was kind of one of those jobs where it just took a lot longer than what I charged for. <laughs> and like, uh, but I had never done something like that before. And, um, and like, just like the before and after, like transforming crazy. It's like, wow, <laughs> I can't believe this and made it into that. Um, but, um, is it on your Instagram? It is. What kind of bike is it? It's, um, it's a Yamakuzi. <laughs> Yamakuzi. No, it was a, what do you call it? it it's a hybrid. Okay. <laughs> So, All right. So like lots of parts from other, um, I can't remember what it started out as, but we took <laughs> parts from put it on there and we had it. <laughs> but That's awesome. It's a, it's a little cafe racer. I think it's okay. Uh, with so the like full custom, full, oh. full custom. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, um, and then I'm working on, uh, I'm working on a big wheel bagger right now, which is my first one of those. And, that's um that i'll probably i have it mostly taped off like the designs and stuff and start spraying that next week and i'm pretty excited about that one nice. um and the truck that i'm doing i'm doing a 56 f100 oh um a, a, a truck not a motorcycle <laughs> i have a truck <laughs> <laughs> maybe some leaf design on there so cool. very good then do you ride too you know, I grew up riding dirt bikes. Like, I don't ride anything right now. Someday I'll buy something. <laughs> I just, um, I, I, I don't spend the money on fun things right now. <laughs> it all goes into the business. So I um, totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully that'll change soon. Were, were you a motorcycle rider at any point? No, just dirt bikes. Like I grew up in the desert, so. So what drew you to being a motorcycle builder? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't wanted to paint them. <laughs> As a work of art, I love it. That is very cool. Um, I kind of wanted to do tattoos, and then I was like, I don't really like touching people, so I'll just. <laughs> she doesn't like people. She doesn't like touching people. Motorcycles are perfect. <laughs> exactly. You don't have body odor and. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it real here guys keeping it real <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> oh my goodness um what um we're getting we're getting towards the end of our time that instagram is gonna allow us to have but um what um what would be your advice to yourself the younger version of you um if you could if you could talk to her about life mostly just like what we talked about earlier like if you want to do something like just do it like it's it's always everything you know new is going to be scary and it's not going to be easy but 
Um, you know, like if you just keep doing dead end things where you're never going to be happy, it's like, just put in the work now and, you know, um, don't let people tell you, you can't, you can't do something. So, uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's the advice. Um, I feel like I wasted a lot of years just doing things that I didn't want to be doing because I listened to other people. So, yeah. Amen to that. Cheers. <laughs> oh, there we go. Top, topping off the mixer cup. I love it. <laughs> what else should we know about you? About me? <laughs> yeah. What else do you want to share with everybody? Oh. <laughs> <That's>, um... <laughs> We've talked about your app, which is super exciting. How can people find out about that if they're interested in it? Um, so it's just going to be local to the Bay area at the beginning. Okay. Um, and then once I get that going, I, um, want to open it, you know, start in other cities. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I'll be posting about it and, um, I'll probably start a page. Um, when I first get the app online before it really goes live, um, I'll be looking for some people to test it out. Um, and so we can work out any kinks and stuff. So I'll probably be posting about that. Um, cool. that being built. Um, so hopefully in the next couple months, it'll be, it'll be up and running. So awesome. So anybody out there in the Bay area, or if you know anybody in the Bay area, make sure you hit her up. You can get in on that beta test program and, um, and keep your eye out for it. I'm super excited. I wish I was in the Bay area cause that's hella cool. Phoenix will be my second. Are you in Phoenix? I am in Phoenix. Yes, you should. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I am super, super glad that you agreed to, to join in on this and have some fun. Um, as I mentioned, guys who are watching, uh, Ginger and I have a, a little secret project that we are working on that you're going to have to stay tuned for. That's a We'll be able to release some details about that in the very near future, but you want to pay attention. Um, make sure you follow her page. Uh, check out the incredible work that she does. Get in touch with her if you're interested in starting um, a, your own business, doing motorcycle work, doing custom paint work, any of the above. Reach out to her. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that you joined us. Tons of words of wisdom from you. Um, and I'm really looking forward to working with you more in the future. And I thank everybody out there for joining so much. Really appreciate you all hanging out with us for the evening. And, um, and stay safe. Stay safe out there. Things are, things are crazy in the world right now. So make sure you're taking care of yourself and taking care of those around you. So, Dinner, thank you. Cheers to you. And um, we'll talk soon. And bye, everybody. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.